Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Yeah, and he'll just like look over and see me. <laughs> My friend turned around one day. She goes, "What are you doing?" And I was like, "What do you mean?" She's like, "With your mouth? Why are you doing that?" And I was like, "What are you talking about?" She's like, "Why do you keep like..." kind of gently biting your lip. And I was like, shut up, Carrie, you're ruining everything. Hello, and welcome to Crushed, the podcast brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Kirsten Lyons, and I'm joined by my cousin and co-host. Aaron Raiderstor. Yes. And And we're back. Guys, this is season two. It's season two. Thank you so much for listening and um, becoming patrons. (laughs) Um, that was my, I don't even know, like a Russian and French accent put together. Um, thank you so much to the people that have like shared and supported. And, um, I haven't read this. We got a review. (gasps) Oh, this, I haven't heard this this yet. This was the one I didn't want to, I said, don't read it. Bradley, what is this? A microphone. No, no. Oh, what is that? I don't know what talk. It means like more. And then atros is like behind. The, I don't know. So further behind, I don't know what else. So good. Is that the word? Oh, possum. It means yes. possum. I don't know who you are, but you're fanta- fantastic. Phenomenal. Fantastic. <laughs> you're fantastic. fantastic. Okay, so five stars. So good. I went to a friend's wedding recently. While seated at a table of strangers during the reception, we were getting to know each other. A super cool and sweet young woman across from me said, I started listening to this new podcast called Crush the Podcast. You should listen to it. Well, I started listening and I haven't gone back. Thank you to the hosts and guests for reminding me I'm not alone. The solidarity and vulnerability is so soothing to all of our crushed souls out there. Oh, we love that. Thank you. I'm so sorry. We don't know what your name is, but thank you. Um, Okay. So it's season two. We launched our Patreon. Um, Are you a patron? Because here's the thing, guys. We love making this podcast, but- it is a lot of work. We love it. We love inviting these guests and we love the community we're creating and we'd love you to be a part of it. And we have, you know, special stuff and we're going to be doing some lives and some other things, but we need your help. Okay. We need you. Please, please. Did that sound desperate enough? Yeah. Thank you. Sorry. I totally forgot I have to check into my flight really quick. Sorry. It's fine. Not only is it desperate, but nobody was listening to me. So I'm feeling really good about myself right now. And I realized a cool little full, full, uh, you're doing great. Real cool little full circle moment. Um, um, uh, you let me know when you're ready. Okay. You're, no, sorry. I'm good. I'm ready. No, that wasn't me fine. just like casually texting. Anyway. Um, Imagine. Not in a, in a silly way, but in a very genuine way. The, the Netflix show Outer Banks was kind of the, I know, hear me out, was kind of the push for me to go to LA. I pretty much watched that show and I was like, what am I doing here? And that, that really started the wheels turning. But don't they live in the Outer Banks? They do. But the thing was, was I was like, it was a sh- it was the first show in a really long time that I was really excited about. And I was like, wait, people are making stuff like this? Like people are doing this kind of cool stuff? Like I want to do this. And then I was like, I've always wanted to do this. And then I was like, what am I doing here in Atlanta not doing this? Um so Which is, just, again, let's just go back to the Outer Banks was 
recorded. I mean that. <laughs> was shot in the Outer Banks. But I just mean and more casted, like- a lot of it was cast out of Atlanta. <laughs> they were Atlanta agents that pulled from LA. I get heated about this because as somebody who was trying to act in Atlanta, they pull this card all the time. We cast it out of, no, you didn't. You are Atlanta casting agents who pulled from agents that you know in LA. Don't talk to me. I like will I, say that I lo- was looking up something, well, whatever, and there was an Atlanta-based actor. Okay, go ahead. Okay, she is the one exception, <laughs> but she also had anyway, an LA agent. Anyway, okay, okay. So they all did. In California, loving a teen show. But long story oh, short. Guns and boats, go. Long story short, their second season airs Friday, and I will not be in LA. <laughs> And I was like, no, oh, that's cute. Full the circle of teen programming in Aaron's life. So speaking of teen programming, you called me. And like an exceptional episode of the Dawson's Creek show. I'm dying to know where this is going. Like, hey, Kirsten. And I was oh. like, hey, Aaron. And you were like, I need to talk to you about something. And I was like, okay. And she got real serious. And I was like, what? Is, is she dumping me? Like, what is about to happen? And like the best Joey Potter look ever, I imagine, except I don't know, because we were on the phone. We weren't FaceTiming. I was in the bath, actually. No, I was in the bath for the second conversation. Or the I third try to conversation. look like Joey Potter a lot of the times. <laughs> My senior year, I took AP US history and I was in class with this guy I had a crush on. And I would like kind of make these weird Joey Potter faces. I would kind of like bite my lower lip and like do something like this. And I just remember my, cause I was like, maybe just he'll look over. And, yeah. And he'll just like, look over and see me. And uh, <laughs> my friend turned around one day. She goes, what are you doing? And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, with your mouth, why are you doing that? And I was like, what are you talking about? And she's like, why do you keep like kind of gently biting your lip? And I was like, shut up, Carrie, you're ruining everything. Um, anyway, all that to say, Aaron. Hi. How are like, you? What's up? I'm good. Um, I'm a lot better than I was when I made that call. Mm-hmm. I was having a lot of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? A lot of internal conflict <laughs> that way. I, I, think the, I thought you were going to say IBS. <laughs> I do have that as well. That's, that's always happening though. Welcome to Crush the Podcast where we discuss <laughs> IBS because we both have it. <laughs> I also don't do anything to help it, but... <laughs> That's on me. Welcome to Crush the Podcast, where we stuff down our IBS so it gets even worse. We um, may talk about our emotions, but we don't talk about our IBS. I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the podcast, but I struggle a lot with commitment. And there was a long time where all I was doing was working at Starbucks and nothing else. And like, maybe I had acting class, but there was also even a while where, oh God, this is horrible. And I hate when I bring it up my life got so overwhelming that I quit the two jobs I was working and just didn't work and lived off my savings for about four months in Atlanta. I don't even know if he knew that I did that, but it was when we first, when Courtney and I had first moved into the apartment. Mm. Um, I get very overwhelmed at the thought of letting people down. And as I've moved to LA, not only have I gotten more confident in the number of things I'm able to take on, Mm -hmm. but I'm also just way in a different headspace. And now I also have the confidence to communicate when I can't take on other things. Mm -hmm. So I've taken on a lot of different things in addition to working at Starbucks. And so I decided that I was going to go back to camp and then remembered that I had all of these other commitments. And it It was more from a place of, I've never been in that situation before. Like we've talked about a couple of times. I love a geographic fix. Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. 
I like to be able to just get up and go. It's part of the reason that I keep my commitments low. And so I was like, yes, I'll be there. You know, I put in my two weeks and then I looked at my, one of my three giant whiteboards that I have and saw all of the things. And I was like, Ooh, I, and not in a way that I forgot, like they weren't important to me. I just had never had to consider anything else. So yeah, there it wasn't were- a compulsive decision or anything. <laughs> well, <laughs> but okay. Maybe it was Joey. But I, I had to make a lot of those phone calls and I really had to reevaluate where I was with a lot of things and what I wanted to keep doing and what I could take on and what I couldn't. It was really hard. I hate having those conversations. You know, somebody had reached out to me with, to help them with social, I was going to say social work, but like social media stuff. And I had to email her and say like, this isn't a good fit for me, but thank you so much for the opportunity. And I'm sure she was like, okay, I'll just find somebody else. But to me, it felt horrible. I was, I must've called every woman in our family three different times to be like, does everyone hate me? Am I a horrible person? Tell me you still love me. Even though it had nothing to do with them. I just needed reassurance that I wasn't the world's And worst I was person. like, Hey, Aaron, now that you're making these new life choices, maybe also one of your choices could be going <laughs> back to therapy. One of the big things was I had to call Kirsten and sort of say like, I don't know how crushed is going to work with me doing this, but I have to do this, but I still want to do crushed. And we had a really good conversation. And then you called me back and you were like, Hey, I thought about it. Is this still something that you want to do? And I, you know, our preliminary conversation was very much logistically, how are we going to make it work? And then our second conversation, which was maybe three hours later was sort of emotionally how are we going to make it work? And there had been something that had been on my heart for a really long time that I wanted to bring up, but I didn't know how, and I didn't know if it was just something in my head. And we um, had briefly touched on it. It definitely wasn't something that hadn't been right. fully, yeah. But it wasn't something I, we had touched on it from like a, again, I would say like a logistical perspective of like where we wanted to go with our guests, but I don't think mm. we ever thought about it personally. And I never really, you know, I was so busy. It didn't really come to me. I've also thought about how I wanted to phrase this a million times, and it's probably not going to be very eloquent, even though I taught public speaking for years. But um, when we started this podcast, it was not originally going to be as faith. I don't want to say faith focused because I wouldn't even say it's focused. I would say it just so happens that a lot of our guests, because they're part of your community and they're part of my community, are faith filled in some way. And I think also to piggyback on that, I agree with that. I think also because we're talking about things like identity, life not going your way, it just naturally some sort of spirituality comes up. And for a lot of these people, their spirituality happens to be either Catholic or Christian. Not all, Um, but that's, that's a, that's a large percentage of what we've had so far. It's a running thread. And so because of that, you know, when we have guests that also share our content and when our audience shares our content, it reaches their community, which also happened to be, you know, in the same thread as, you know, sort of faith-filled. And I sort of just felt like I, I had never, I wasn't transparent enough as a host of this podcast with where I stood with that. And I have been getting followers who listen to the podcast who are following me on my personal social media, which I love. I love that. I love interacting with you guys. But I wanted to be really transparent about where I stood because it just felt sort of icky pretending to have, not that I don't have the same values, but 
do you know what I'm trying to say? I don't know how to, I'll, I'll say this and then I'll kind of get into the story. Okay. I guess I, I just felt sort of icky that people were assuming certain things about me and that I was almost lying by omission because I didn't want to offend anybody or I didn't mm. want to really get into faith conversations. So here's where I'm at really blunt. Um, I wouldn't say I was raised Catholic, but I went to a Christian school for all of elementary school. And, you know, my parents told me Bible stories. I used to watch, you know, I loved veggie tales, all that kind of stuff. Love the story keepers. You loved them. Oh, I love the story keepers to this day. One of the best kids programs I think ever Ben the baker love of my life. So, (laughs) and then I, um, started going to Catholic church, probably I want to say in like the fifth grade and then actually ended up getting baptized. I did the RC, RCIC or RCIA, where like when you're later in mm-hmm. life, you become Catholic, but you're not mm-hmm. quite an adult yet. Um, and then started going to Catholic school, went to a Catholic high school. And then I think probably high school was when I started unpacking a lot of stuff. Mm. Um, but more from the sense when I was introduced to Catholicism in fifth or sixth grade, I fell in love with it. I thought it was the most beautiful, fascinating thing. I loved stained glass. I love statues. I loved the stories. And I loved that, like, everything sort of had a had a reason, if that mm, makes sense. A purpose. Yeah, totally. And I think I confused a lot of that um, love and mm. fascination with belief. And so I never examined how I felt about all of that stuff from like, does this align with what I believe? Do I believe this? Or do I just think it's really interesting? Um, And I don't know, like to this day, that's still something I'm figuring out. I would not say that I am Catholic. I have not, I I only go to Catholic mass. Like I'm, what do they call them? Christers, Christmas Easter. My dad used to always say Christmas Easter when mom comes. That too, but I have only seen my mom on like big holidays or I've Mm -hmm. been, you know, gone. Um, but I do, I still love it. I think mass is beautiful, but, um, I'm still figuring out where I stand with that. And then when I moved to Atlanta, I decided to actually, when I went to New Zealand, I had some friends who invited me to go to their like Christian church there. And that was my Mm -hmm. first experience with a Christian church, like a real band. Oh my (laughs) gosh. That was fun. Yeah. So much fun. I can tell, like, I wish somebody had recorded the look on my face when everyone started standing up and dancing and I was like, everybody sit down, nobody move. (laughs) can't do this. No joy. Keep your, no joy. (laughs) Like stop moving. A lot of that was a holdover from going to mass in high school where that was the place you were most likely to get written up because they Mm -hmm. could see everybody. Mm. So I just would sit there terrified. Mm. Um, and I was like, everybody sits And you're a people pleaser and you never want to do the wrong thing. I eat calling all the females in our family to be like, am I a terrible person? Did I do? Yeah. Really quick story. Uh, mom and dad, if you're listening, this is a total lie. This didn't happen. Um, <laughs> last night I went to go, I bought a surfboard and uh-huh. I put it in my car and I brought my friend with me because I was going on Facebook marketplace. I'm not going by myself. I get right. kidnapped. There was no room for her in the car. So I pushed the seats down in the back and she sat on my seats, pushed down in the back, the entire trunk open. And I just made her wear a seatbelt and literally just like sit up by herself. And I drove from Venice back to <laughs> my house in Westwood. Did you hear that? Chuck and Jenny never happened. That didn't happen. Never happened. She had a seatbelt on. It was fine. Uh, That was probably the most rebellious thing I've ever done. I was shaking the entire time. I was almost on the verge of tears. I was so scared. Um, That's how I felt when I'd go into the grocery store and I'd get one and I'd get white bread. I'd literally Mm. like, I'd get white bread. I'd put it in my basket. I'd walk to like aisles over to get something else. I'd go and put the white bread back and I'd get wheat bread. And then I'd walk back and then like three aisles back, I'd go and do it again. And I was so scared that somehow my mom would find out 
And like, I knew it was bad, but I like wanted white bread with peanut butter and jelly, like with like Welch's grape jelly, which we never had. We always had like, I don't know, some chemicals and that white bread is probably why you have PCOS. Well, (laughs) well, what's so funny is I think I only did it. I think I only made it through like twice. And then I was like, (laughs) I can't do it anymore. But what's hilarious is I'm actually allergic to gluten. So good job, Kirsten. Wheat or white was wheat or white were terrible for trust your gut. Um, IBS trust your gut. So go. I went to a Christian church in New Zealand. I loved the experience, but I think once again, I confused Mm. my love of the experience to what Mm. I was actually believing. Mm. Um, and then I started going to a Christian church in Atlanta. And again, my favorite part was the first 30 minutes where it was just worship music and a a huge concert. And then I was writing down notes from the message, but I wasn't finding myself not agreeing, but like, again, I just felt like I was learning a lot, but I wasn't, I wasn't engaging with it the way somebody would if they were, if they had belief in it. Do you know what I mean? That's Mm. how I sort of felt. Mm. Mm -hmm. And I just had this moment where again, I, I felt I felt like I was sort of a poser in that situation. And I was making some friends in the church. I started going to their like young adult thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was just like, I'm not on the same page that you guys are on right now. Like, mm. I don't think I should be in this group because you're looking for other people in your community that are this way. And I'm mm. almost pretending to be part of this community to make friends. Mm. Like it just felt icky. Um, and so that was a couple years ago. And I think where I'm at now I still very much carry a lot of the same values and respect. And I also have a lot of understanding of both. I'm just at this current moment. I do love nuns. Oh my gosh. Don't get me started. I think where I'm at, Mm -hmm. and this is probably really complacent of me, but I've just been so busy. I'm not pushing it. I'm really comfortable where I'm at with faith right now. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of, I want to have a firm stance of like, this is how I feel. I'm Mm. just not in a place right now where I want to dive into all of that. Um, Mm. Cause I feel like one, that could be really heavy, but mm. two, I'm like really comfortable where I'm at. Mm. Um, so this is not like a, an all call for everyone to like send me literature on uncovering your faith or like trying to evangelize me. Oh my I gosh. Just, I can't wait for your DM. I wanted to be really honest and say like, that's where I'm at. And I didn't want anyone to get the wrong impression based on mm. kind of the guests we have and the things we talk about. Um, so Yeah. Oh, I feel really, I feel great. Like, I feel like, good. Okay. But okay. I, oh no. Is there anything else you want to say? No, no. Okay. A couple of things. One, I so I said this to you on, we had like three phone calls over the course of, I think two days. And I think it's, I want to say it like publicly, but I, I already said it to you. Um, I didn't choose you because you think like me. I love you right now, who you are. And um, I could get emotional. You know, you bring so much to this show and this podcast. And one of it is your wry sense of humor and your obsession with reality shows. Oh, thank you. The boat or TV shows that include a boat. I'm getting the theme. You like boats. I do Um, love boats. I think the other thing you bring is this incredible ability to listen. Your role is so specific to, to me at least, because not only are you funny and, and witty and, and, and sweet and wonderful and vulnerable, but you're also really, no, I'm serious, but you're really good at just being quiet and then asking these like really great, profound questions. I so value you being honest. And I, you know, 
I don't believe this is a faith-based podcast. I even said it when I was on Katie McGrady's show. I said, look, I need to be really honest with your listeners. Like this is not a faith-based podcast. It does have faith elements. Mm-hmm. I am a person of faith and I believe you're a person of faith. It's just a, it's just a, and I don't know what you would call it, but <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're a person of faith. I just think you're in a different, it's almost like you're in a different time zone. I don't know that like sounds really weird. Yeah, but like- no, I, I think that's, I, I think that's fair to say. And I think, and that's where I was kind of like, I do hope to one day figure it out. I'm just not in a place right now where that's something I want to unpack. I think also this is something that's really important for listeners to hear is like, you could be listening to our, to our, one of our episodes and be like, this is kind of triggering me either this or like another guest and be like, I don't know if I'm ready to unpack that. Like, I think you being able to say like, I'm not ready to unpack that is a pretty powerful statement. You know, we have a, we have a guest who is coming on in a couple of weeks and her big thing was sort of unpacking her youth group experience. Mm. And she said like a year and a half and it was a really heavy time for her. Mm. And I was like, I do one day, obviously, like you shouldn't just leave things. Right. Unsettled. Yeah. yeah I want to, but I, I don't really want to go through that right now. <laughs> you know, yeah. You know, something else I was thinking that I think is really important in all of this is like love is first. And if love isn't there, it's none of this is, I think one of the reasons that people are able to healthy, healthily, health, health, healthy, whatever the healthily. Thank you are able to unpack is because there's, there's some stuff um, kind of settling them in, do you know? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I remember somebody saying something to me about my eating because my eating was not great because of PCOS. And I knew I needed to like get rid of all these different foods. And I remember somebody being like, you need to take care of that or something. And I was like, I know I need to take care of it but there are other things that I'm taking care of that are taking precedent right now because I can't get to that part of being like committed or whatever until I figure out this stuff. It's almost like I'm healing so much um, spiritually and emotionally. I can't heal physically right now. It like, it, it did. I don't have enough energy. I don't have enough. Like I know what needs to happen and it's, I'm not shaming myself. I'm, I'm not putting it off because I'm like, oh, I'll just get to it tomorrow. It's not that at all. It's like, I need to focus on this right now. So then I can focus on that. I don't know if that makes sense. No, a hundred percent. I think a lot about um, my junior year of high school. Mm -hmm. I was dealing with a lot of family stuff, but two different um, sides of family stuff. Right, right. Um, On top of that, it was my junior year of high school, which in and of itself is misery. And then on top of that, I was going to physical therapy three times a week for, for my hip issues. Oh, right, right, right. Hips. Right. Not only was that physically draining, nobody ever told me that thing about how your hips hold a lot of trauma. Mm. And I was like, obviously that hip issue. I mean, it was, but also it would have been horrible had I not dealt with it then. Mm. But I'm like, could I, like, d- did I need to have all of that going on at once? Probably not, you know, and I, I think about that now, now that I know myself a little bit better mm. and I know the ways that I'm affected by things, there are things, I mean, there are certain movies that I won't watch because I'm like, I don't want to feel like that. Like, I don't want to feel like how I know that movie is going to make me feel today or same with certain music. And I'm like so much more in tune with how I feel about certain things. Mm. I 
take care of myself a lot better to know like when it's appropriate to process certain emotions. Yeah, I get that. that. I hope that our guests know that I value who's listening to our podcast. And I know that there are people that are listening to our podcast who are incredibly faith-filled. I also know there are people that are listening to our podcast that aren't. Yeah. And I really um, respect, and I know you do too, we, we respect and value you. And we the only thing we ever want to be is honest, hopefully. Um, that's not true. That's not the only thing. We want to be loving and hopefully funny and yeah. adorable and delightful. Yeah. You know, so I hope that as we move into season two, that you guys have an idea of just how much we do respect you and how much we do really want this community to be where people don't feel alone. And I, I know there's got to be somebody else that's listening that feels where Aaron's at. And I and just I, want you to know you're not alone. Totally. And, and, you know, I think I sort of had this uh, epiphany with one of the, interviews. I have a lot of epiphanies on this podcast. You do. Um, I wanted everyone to know who exactly I was. Mm. Right. And I felt like not being intentionally not being honest because I wanted to, you know, I wanted to be Aaron Burr. I wanted everyone to be my friend Mm. and I didn't want to be transparent about how I was feeling so that I didn't alienate anyone, but I was just alienating myself. Wow. So that's kind of, there are a lot of things that I hope I will feel confident enough to be more transparent about sort of my crushed moments in the future. Um, But that was one that I felt like I really needed to kind of share. Not that it's a crush moment or anything. I just meant like being transparent with who I am yeah. to you guys. That was something that was really important to me going into our second season. Yeah. I'm just going to sit with that for a little bit. Thank you. That was real good. Did you like, like the Hamilton reference? Oh, I did. Of course Thank I you. did. You know who love me some Hamilton. Um, it's funny that you said that about Burr because I see myself as Hamilton in the sense of like he needed to prove constantly mm-hmm. felt like he needed to prove. I think I'll always kind of, that'll always be something, I don't even want to say I struggle with, but that'll all be, always be something that might come up, mm-hmm. but it, it is few and far between. And um, so, yeah, awesome. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you so much. Anytime. Somebody once asked me who the villain in Hamilton was and I said, Hamilton, the only hero is Eliza. Yeah, but I think trauma, if you really want to go to it, because I mean, think about it. His mom died. His yeah. cousin committed suicide. His dad disowned him. Like there's some deep, deep identity shit going down in that before he even arrives on the scene for this revolution. You know, it's, it is interesting to me the more that I unpack my own stuff mm-hmm. and I like uncover my own wounds and uncover my own issues that I, it's almost like it sometimes can make me feel really uncomfortable seeing people that do what I do did or even still struggle with. It's so uncomfortable. And I, I think everybody struggles with that, right? You have a mirror, but now instead of now, instead of blindly judging that person and hating them, now I know why they're making me feel uncomfortable. And it now makes me even more uncomfortable because I don't want to deal with my own shit. No, a hundred percent. I, ignorance is bliss, people. It's not, it's actually terrible and it makes you sick. But anyway, One of my best friends is going through a breakup right now and I couldn't Mm. figure out why it was so hard for me to talk to her about it. Like I was getting like physically angry and Mm. I just couldn't. And I really tried to dig into it and I realized I was jealous. Like her breakup happened so like appropriately. Like it was a very normal thing. Mm. And I was just like, must be nice. What's that like? Not everybody gets that. 
And I was just like, so angry. And I had to be like, and then my first reaction was like, I should tell her how I'm feeling. And then I'm like, no, I shouldn't. That's not her thing. Like, that's a great thing right there. I think I was, you know, there, (laughs) there's something so interesting as you get older there's a breakthrough that happens when you're like, I should tell that person. That's a great breakthrough to happen. But the next even better breakthrough <laughs> is maybe no, I, I should be honest with myself. And maybe there is a point where I need to tell that person. But first I need to be honest with myself. And and I believe honest with God and like journal it out for me can and like get it out in the open, like, you know, vomit it out or whatever. But that doesn't mean I need to vomit it to that person. It might, yeah. but I, you know, it's like, who does this serve? I, I remember mm. I needed to confess something one time, like apologize to someone or, or I can't really remember what it was, but um, somebody told me, somebody asked me, this was like, I don't even remember when this, I think it was like post my ex, I almost said his name. And they said, who does that serve? And I was like, shut up. Mm. I don't want to. And they're like, it's serving you. And if it's serving you, then keep, praying and processing and keep going through it. And it may be that one day you need to confess or like, and that's one of the steps in Al-Anon actually. um, Al-Anon, by the way, if you don't know, it's for friends and family of uh, um, alcoholics addicts. I was just going to say, I was indoctrinated into that Al-Anon idea about apologies so young. The steps are, I'm going to look, because this is actually like, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol and that our lives had become unmanageable. Hi, welcome to Crush the Podcast. We are are completely powerless over everything. And came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Made a decision to turn our will and our lives over the care of God as we understand him. Made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. So to God, to ourselves, and to another human being. Not to that person. The next one, six, is we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. We're entirely ready. Like, ugh. Like, I eh, made a list of all the persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Willing. Then the next one is made direct amends to people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Mm. There's more after that. But I think what's so fascinating about that is the steps that need to happen before that ever happens. Because if that was like the second step, then you'd have just a bunch of compulsive people apologizing and people are like, I didn't, I didn't need to know this, you know? Yeah. So anyway, all that to say, Aaron, I love you. You're fantastic. I'm so excited about this season. We've already had three um, guests interviews and we have more in the, in the pipeline pipeline. Fantastic. You little surfer. Um, Now I'm on board and everything you do. What are, do you have like kind of some hopes or like, um, uh, for this next new season. It's interesting. We kind of, whenever you and I record, which is interesting because it's on such a different timeline that episodes are released. Mm -hmm. It always just so happens that that person we're recording with, whether or not their crush story has anything to do with us, but the wisdom that comes out of it is always kind of exactly what you and I need to hear. I feel Mm -hmm. like in the moment. Mm -hmm. And as we've, um, because I'm leaving for a while and I have no idea what the situation is going to be while I'm gone. Kirsten and I have recorded three three episodes in two days, <laughs> which yeah. doesn't sound like a lot, but it's a lot. It's a lot of um, emotional, uh, <laughs> a lot of emotional, physical, spiritual. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Cause usually um, it was once a week. So we'd have time to prep and then we'd have time to mm-hmm. discuss and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And the nap afterwards, Yeah, you know, each of the, the things that we have recorded have sort of hit me in ways that I'm like, I needed all of this in my toolkit 
before mm. I left. Mm. So I just kind of hope that this continues to be, however it happens, that I continue to grow from it because I mean, I'm about to go through a, a lot of life change in the next two months. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to sort of have this, not to fall back on, but like almost like a friend by my side through all of mm. this, you know? That's what I'm, yeah. I love that. I've been thinking about what I want for this season. Well, you know, so the third conversation you and I had, I said to you, do you want to do this still? And it wasn't a defensive, like, so do you still want to do this? It was literally like, I want to give you the freedom to say no, if that's something you want. I don't ever want to do this if you're um, not wanting to do this, Mm -hmm. you know? And Bradley even asked me, and I, I told you this, but Bradley even asked me, he's like, well, would you do it with someone else? I'm like, no. I wouldn't like, that's obviously it was supposed to have one season. Like that was it. Like I'm so at peace with whatever this is supposed to be, which is a really new weird feeling for me. Yeah. Cause usually I'm just Alexander Hamilton and trying to push everything through to prove my worth. And this is like, all right, God, you know, you, we yeah. have currently six patrons, so you're going to figure this one out. Cause I don't know how it's going to happen. Um, but I think that for me, it's very similar to what you're saying. And I think I'm just like, you know what? Whoever's listening right now is exactly who's supposed to be listening. Mm-hmm. Who's ever our guest. Like I've reached, we both reached out to people that we haven't heard from. And we both reached out to people that like literally there's somebody that messaged me back. I'm so, I'm not even, I'm so excited. This person is going to come on this season. I'm like freaking out. And I just am like, you know what? Whatever is supposed to happen is going to happen. Whoever's supposed to mm-hmm. listen, whoever's supposed to donate to the Patreon, whatever is supposed to happen is going to happen. And I'm not going to sit and try to control this or force this. I'm just going to let it be and enjoy this kind of, there's a great, um, Daniel Tiger episode that I watched this morning and it says, enjoy the wow that's happening now. It's like, enjoy the wow that's happening now. And cause he got a blueberry ice bar and then he saw, then as it's dripping down and he's not eating it, he saw a rainbow ice bar that he wanted. And his mom was like, that's awesome. But you got your favorite, which is blueberry. And let's enjoy the while it's happening now. And I was like, yeah, let's enjoy this because we have no idea at the end of the season, what is going to be with our lives, 100%. with anything. So on this past Sunday, I was supposed to shoot headshots this is my third photographer that I kept, I kept switching. I kept being like, I'm going to shoot with this person. And then I was like, no, I'm going to shoot with this person. I didn't have peace about either of them. And then I finally switched to this other woman who's LA based, who comes out like a couple times a year to shoot. She's really great. I haven't gotten my pictures back, but I got to see one. And I was like, oh my gosh, these are going to be so great. She was more expensive. I was really scared. I'm really like, God, what am I doing? Like, why are we spending this money that we don't have? But I, but Bradley kept encouraging me and I did have peace shooting with her. So we were at our in-laws or at my in-laws at Bradley's parents. And, um, we were supposed to shoot Sunday morning and I got a text Saturday morning saying there's been a family thing. Um, I'm not gonna be able to shoot on Sunday. Can you get here today? Because of the light, I can shoot end of day. Like you, I know you're out of town. And I was like, we're leaving Knoxville in like an hour at this point. And that's four hours away. And I just was like, you know what, God, at part of me was like, Why? Why is it always like this? Why can't it just be easy? I had that moment for maybe 90 seconds. And then I laughed and I was like, this is what it is. This is life. I'm just going to take it as it comes. If we make it in time and I can shoot with her, awesome. If we don't and I have to wait two months, that's the timing. 
I can't force this anymore. This is a, like, I think I said this on the, one of the other podcasts, <laughs> here I go, bringing God into it. But like, I really do feel like Peter when Jesus is like, Hey, throw the nets in. And Peter's like, uh, I'm sorry. I have been fishing all night. Like no offense, dude. Like, yeah, maybe you're like, you're really bad at fishing. Right. But like (laughs) fishing all night. No, I don't want to, I'm done. And I feel like God's like, trust me. And it, I don't want to, (laughs) like, I really, I just want to be like, no, no, let me do something else. But I just was like, okay, if we get there, we get there. If we don't, we don't. We did. Um, I ended up getting there in time. Um, and it was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. I was our last person of the day. She spent so much time with me. She was so lovely. The makeup artist was lovely. Her assistant was lovely. It was an incredible thing. And, you know, I texted you and your mom and you guys just said really sweet things that I needed to hear. And you know what? Going back to boundaries, I almost texted other people in my life and I didn't. Because I was going to text a bunch of people and be like, hey, pray for me. I don't know if this is going to work out, but just pray. And I was like, you know what? No, I'm not going to text those people. These are the two right people for me to text right now are Aaron and Jenny. Obviously, Bradley knew. But I was like, <laughs> I'm not going to. And Logan Ellis. But I'm not. I'm going to be really um, prudent about who I talk to about this. And it was really freeing to have those boundaries. It was really freeing to just be like, whatever happens, it's going to figure itself out. And um, yeah. You know, I think you had the human reaction, which was like, why me? And then you had the 10 years later, Kirsten, which is Mm. just like, okay, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. If it's not, it's Mm. not, you know, your worth wasn't riding on getting headshots that day, which I think was what you needed to be reminded of. Cause you can tell yourself that all day long, but Mm -hmm. until you're in a situation where you kind of get to test that out, which was your big fear, right? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, totally. And I, you know, it's interesting. So to wrap this all up, I, my therapy podcast that I love so much, they were talking about the, the quote, like, don't put your pearls before swine. I think it's Proverbs or you've ever heard that quote? No. Can you explain that? I don't get it. It's like, don't, don't give your most precious thing to pigs. And what I loved is he was saying, I work with a lot of clients and I say, you let someone hold your pearl. Your pearl is your identity. You let them speak over you what you are. And it's a lie because it goes back to my episode where I'm like, I let all these people who didn't know who they were tell me who I, so all of their wounds, all of their issues. Now they're telling me who I am. Right. It's kind of like Alexander cheated on Elizabeth in Hamilton Mm -hmm. and because of all of his issues and trauma, because he didn't feel uh, worthy or whatever. Right. So he ends up cheating on her. And then I can't, I mean, I can imagine what that's like because I was that, like I did get cheated on and what that did to me. Anyway, I think we let other people tell us who we are and then they get to hold that little pearl. And this therapist was saying, it's time for you to take that pearl and put it in the hands that, deserve it and let them tell you who you are. And I just, I'm like, I got to do some serious, like, you know, you're like, I don't want to work on this right now. I'm like, I got to do some serious work. Who's holding, still holding my identity. I'm allowing them to hold my identity. By the way, they don't care. Like the kids that believe me, they're like, Kirsten, that was 20 years. Like get the over it. They're like, take this pearl. We don't want it. We don't want it. I don't want it. Can you take it? I never wanted it. I was like an annoying kid. And um, what's funny to wrap this all up is I was talking to this woman and she was saying that she was like in this group with a girl that her husband used to bully. 
he was a mean kid. She said, he's grown up so much, but she's like, and she was saying to the girl, she's like, um, I'm his, his wife. Like he's grown up a lot. He's a really good person. And it was just this moment of like, I have no idea what those people are doing. So many of them that believe me. And yet they're like still holding on to, I'm letting them hold on to this thing. They're like, can you take it away? So this is the time when I realized that you are older than me and you're at that place and I'm not. So what do you mean? I'm just acknowledging that perhaps the people that bullied you are not the same people. I don't want to believe that right now. (laughs) My heart is broken. Erin McDonald? Yeah. Pick it up right now. Say we're recording. Hello. I want to end on this note. When Erin was so scared because she told you, oh, I'm moving to Virginia. She was so scared to tell you. And then I was talking to you and you said, my, the work that I needed, like the social media stuff I needed, I was going to hire her for is not more important than her happiness. I cried. <laughs> I cried. And I love that so much. And I love that you're calling right now as we're Aaron Noel, <laughs> episode three from, from season one, as we're recording our first episode for season two. Okay. Let me, I'm going to mute you, Kirsten. <laughs> no, I'm going to go. Love you guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.